the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by Danny Perez and Anthony Florentino. This is episode 58 featuring Tommy McColl. Tommy is from Toronto, Canada and is the co-founder at Major League Sox. He is also a former Division I soccer player at the University of Maine. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. Yeah, well, Tommy McColl, co-founder of Major League Sox. We got him on the pod today. Welcome. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course. If you could just please introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, um, your sports background, and um, yeah, if you want to talk about Major League Sox there too. Sweet. Give yourself a plug. Yeah, yeah here it is. Um, so I am the co-founder of Major League Sox. Um, we started out as a company called Bab Sox. Not sure if uh, folks on here are in the hockey space, but I'm sure they are. But uh, when Mike Babcock got hired as the Leafs coach, uh, he was a topic of conversation in the locker room. And we had just finished a men's league game and my business partner cracked a joke in the room about putting Babcock on a pair of socks and calling him Bab socks. And I just thought it was hilarious. And uh, so we launched it and it was a bit of a viral hit in Toronto. And, um, you know, as the business grew, we started to understand the licensing world and um, got a meeting with the NHL alumni and pitched the same concept. Uh, got the deal and the NHLPA deal followed. So now we've got massive hockey saw collection uh, featuring the likes of Gretzky all the way down to uh, McDavid, Matthews, all the, all the big names that you can imagine. So it's a fun business. Um, we've also added uh, an MLB players license deal and Liverpool Football Club. Awesome. Congratulations on those two. That's huge. Yeah. It's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big time. And you guys are on social media and if you can just, we'll put them in the notes below. If you can just plug your yeah. social media and your website and all that's people get, you know, get in touch and check. Yeah, for out. sure. It's um, major league socks on Instagram. It's ML socks on Twitter. Um, major league socks.com is our website. Um, give us a follow. It's a fun brand. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, you're a Toronto boy, correct? Yep. So you have a hockey background a little bit, but soccer I, was your sport. If you just yeah, dive into that. I, I grew up playing hockey. Um, I played AAA in Toronto, and then um, my family decided to move to Ireland in grade when I was in grade five. So my hockey career uh, ended that yep. day, <laughs> <laughs> and the soccer took over, and eventually came back to Toronto. Um, 
got a scholarship down to the University of Maine, which is how we connected, yep. old Black Bears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had a pretty decent soccer career um, just in, in college, but uh, haven't played since. And now I'm back in the hockey space and love playing hockey, miss playing hockey. And uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back in the community. Yes. Oh man, the hockey community is great. I love it. It is. No, it's awesome. We were just talking uh, before we recorded that, uh, you know, the whole Tom Wilson situation. It's funny that, you know, soccer was your sport, but now you're back in it and just like the old time hockey and it's just exciting stuff and hope to see, uh, you know. Yeah, I think, I think the league has to, uh, you know, this, this instance, in particular, you know, the league is walking on a tightrope because they can come down with the hammer and punish him to the nth degree and, you know, completely remove all those borderline that may have been across borderline. But, yeah, um, yeah they got to keep the integrity of the support of the sport, I guess. So, yeah. You know, that's why I'm, I'm even walking on a tightrope talking about it here, you know, on the air. But um, I like guys like Tom Wilson in the game, I think. They need to be more involved in it. That way that's, this stuff is policed by the players, not so much by the league itself. And then, you know, like we said, it's just uh, you take that stuff out of the game completely, like those type of players, then I think the kind of, the game loses its, you know, its history. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, no, let's uh, – obviously, there's a you know, podcast about athletes and mental health. So, um, if you care, just kind of um, talk about your experience with mental health and kind of some of the stuff that – you struggle with in the past? Yeah. So I, before I went down to Maine, um, I don't think that I ever had any issues with my mental health. I, I thought that, you know, I grew up in a really good family, supportive parents, a lot of great friends. So I've, I've always kind of had a good support system. Um, but when I went down to Maine, um, in my freshman year, uh, my best friend on the team passed away, um, which was, I just got, I just got absolutely smoked by it. I couldn't believe it. My heart ripped out of my chest. I felt like everything up until that point, everything was in control, you know, was, exceeding expectations as an athlete I guess got the scholarship that I dreamed about and then all of a sudden your world shatters and I had a really tough time with it um I feel like the school took steps immediately to kind of help help the situation give some counsel like grief counseling to the kids on the team um but, you know, those sessions with the therapist or whatever, you know, there was never any follow-up. Um, there was no accountability for me to continue working on it. Um, and I stopped working on it. So I kind of, I guess I kind of ran away from, from the problems. And uh, Maine ended up becoming a really lonely place for me. Um, I decided to transfer after my sophomore year. I just couldn't take it anymore um, and decided to go back to Canada. So yeah, it was, it was tough. Definitely tough. I feel like um, coaches have a ton of responsibility for managing kids 
I was, I thought I was an extremely independent uh, young adult, but you know, life hit pretty hard at that moment. And I just feel like, yeah, there could have been more, more support, more continued support um, for, you know, the devastating events that occurred. Yeah, no, I think um, that's an interesting story. And I think it, it brings up a couple of different points that come to my mind immediately. And that's, you're, you're someone who's never really dealt with, you know, struggles with mental health prior to this situation. I think a lot of people think that, you know, if they've never really struggled with it, that they're going to be fine their entire life. And then when an event occurs or, or when there's a flare up in some sort of anxiety or depression, it can really take someone by storm and really drive them into a, in a, to a tough spot and a tough hole. And I think, um, you know, for scenarios like that, you know, steps are obviously taken to help mitigate that stress and in dealing with it mentally, but, you know, they're not quick fixes. Um, they're long-term things that, that take time to heal. And I think a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this myself, try and throw band-aids on it, but um, it's just, it takes more than that to, to get to the root of the issue and to finally heal from it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like if I, I, I got injured in my, in my sophomore year, I tore my ankle to bits and I'll tell you what, my coach made sure that I wasn't missing any physio visits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, I think, you know, in better <laughs> understanding our mental health, we, you know, should be treating it like our physical health. So I think that like in itself is, is probably the biggest learning curve um, or, you know, tool to educate people on, you know, exactly wellness. Exactly. I think um, it's easy to work on the physical stuff because you can see the progress. I mean, I'm sure your ankle is swollen up and you could see the swelling going down, but you know, all that sort of stuff But with mental health, you don't really see it. Mm-hmm. And when you do start to see it physically, it's at a really bad spot. Yeah. You know, so I think that's why we don't want it to get to that point where you can see it physically. Cause then it's, it's way worse than an ankle that's torn to bits. Like that's something yeah. that can always get healed and come back from, but it's really hard when you're starting those physical effects in your body from yeah. mental stress that that's, yeah. you don't want to get to that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like for me, I decided to transfer and I, and I went to a school out uh, in Western Canada, Simon Fraser, they had a really good soccer program there and you know my academic career got off to a rocky start considering Adam passed in my freshman year in the first semester so like you know not taking care of the the mental health I let the grades slip and ultimately failed out of school so I suffered the consequences of of not dealing with it um properly Mm -hmm. and it probably took me a number of years even after that to, to kind of face it. Yeah. What were some of the ways that you, you know, reflecting back that helped you kind of cope with dealing with this situation and um, you know, it's just some things that helped you get through. Um, the change of scenery always does help. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I, I was always kind of moving further away from home. <laughs> so I went down to Maine, obviously, to follow the dream and, and, you know, life happened and I changed my path, but instead of coming back to Toronto, I went to the West coast of Canada and, and I feel like I didn't 
begin to solve some of those issues until I move back to Toronto where I have like my crew of guys are just the best. My family's here. So I, I think I just needed to go back home. Mm -hmm. that, you, that was the, that was the biggest turning point for me. Yeah. Did you, how were you sort of, I guess, dealing with it in the time being, would you say just not really, were you internalizing it mostly or? Yeah. You just, you know, there, there was the, um, the feelings of, of failing, which were so devastating, like not being able to play my senior year because I couldn't put it together. Mm -hmm. Like I know I have the tools to uh, succeed in school, but I, ju I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get it. Even, even when I knew that the consequences of not succeeding were missing out on, you know, probably the most important year of sport in my life. Um, so, yeah, I, I, once again, I kind of ran away from it and punished myself. I put myself uh, in, a, in a very lonely spot. I went off to uh, work on an oil rig in Saskatchewan, um, got treated like a dog, put my body through the, the gauntlet. Um, and I'm not sure why I did it. I feel like I needed to do something that no one else could do. And I don't know if I took any moral victory with it, but I think it pushed me to my absolute limits um, to where I knew that I needed to go home. So, you know, if I could learn anything from that experience, it's, it's that it just brought me home. Yeah. Did you think that, that working on the oil rigs, it was oil rigs, correct? Yeah. Do you think that that was um, a nice little reset that you kind of needed? Cause I, I, that's, I mean, I'm guilty of it. There's, there's been some yeah. times where I just run away from things and in a way it's given me some time to reflect. And for you, you, you were just putting yourself to the ringer and maybe it was in, in turn kind of good for you to realize, okay, this is what I need to be doing. Get you back on track. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I didn't get hurt out there because mm -hmm. I don't know if I did get hurt, I, I would ever forgive myself for doing it. It was a pretty bad situation then. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I was, I was out there. I don't know, man. It was such a, it was such a rough time that I don't even know if it was worth it in the end, but really, yeah. Cause I drove myself to serious isolation. Mm -hmm. Like I was in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. Like you don't even see. Yeah. Yeah. In the movies. Like, yeah. Yeah. What was I doing? But you know, it can, it can, you know, problems with your mental health can really cloud your judgment and and drive you to do things that, you know, are not good for yourself. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, looking back to where you were and um, where you are now and kind of, you know, the, the progress you've taken and the steps you've taken, you know, just kind of talk about, you know, coming back home and then, you know, getting things together and, you know, yeah. getting back to where you are now, because I think when a lot of people are in those, those tough, dark spots, there's, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It is there and you have to do some work to get out of it. But, you know, you're yeah. a prime example of, of someone who, who's done that. Well, I, I think when I came home, um, I eventually started the business. I always thought that I would work in a creative space. I love sport. Um, 
but you know having failed in school I I, I never really felt like I you know I, I needed to prove to other people that I was capable of of kind of competing in a more creative space or in the business space I think I've done a of I've worked a ton of blue collar jobs my whole life so it would have just been super easy to fall back on that um but you know I I get stimulation out of thinking creative so um I put myself on a path that uh you know makes me happy and uh I'm dialed into hockey which nothing wrong with that (laughs) never never Yeah. And it's a fun and it's fun. And I'm working with my one of my best friends. Jake is my business partner. He used to be my older brother's like best friend. And when I was old enough, I got called up to the to the older boys crew. And um, yeah. Was there a time when you're back home that you were seeing a therapist again and try and rework through, you know, kind of like the old wounds? Or was it just getting back, resetting, and then, you know, kind of being around, you know, people that you loved and your family and friends that you cared about and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, you know, when I am, you know, working on my mental health, so to speak, like I'm out there listening to podcasts like yours. Like I know a couple episodes ago, um, there was a doctor, what was his name? Dr. Peter Burzens. Yeah, man. What a legend. Mm-hmm. And I, and yeah, I just absolutely. get really inspired. You know, I, I treat my, uh, I'm not a mental health professional by any means. Like I'm definitely a work in progress. And, um, you know, I treat my, my mental health kind of like uh, golf. There's a hundred different ways to do one single thing and you just got to find what works for you. And, um, you know, I, I try and listen and learn from professionals and, and I'm curious, just like you. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. There's no set way of going about anything. Um, it's mm-hmm. like, literally, like you said, just working on what finds best for you and, um, or what you find best for you and, and just keep doing that every day. And, and yeah. Yeah. And it's really difficult to be consistent. Like <clears throat> striving for consistency is like an endless, an endless pursuit, but you know, I feel like when you're exercising well, it means your body's craving good things and you're putting good fuel in your body. So you're giving yourself a, you know, clear mental, uh, you know, perspective. And, and I think like when you're in those clear states, um, it's a lot easier to digest this, you know, good, good content and, you know, apply that content to your life. Yeah. I want to talk, um, or touch on a point that you brought up before how, you know, you decided to, you know, start the business and take, you know, this creative pursuit and the business side of the pursuit. Um, but you could have easily just gotten a regular job, but you decided to, you know, go this route. And I think a lot of players when they're just getting done with the game, whatever sport that may be, they're at a crossroads. I'm guilty of it. I was, you know, been going through it. It's, it's mm-hmm. a tough spot to be in. Um, you know, talk about that decision a little more um, just about, you know, why you decided to go that path. You, you know, you said the, the stimulation aspect of it. Um, I think it's so important to kind of chase those things that you love. I, I, I've mentioned yeah. a few, few episodes ago, I, I've been trying to find something that I love as much as hockey. I'm really struggling <laughs> doing that. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things are coming fairly close, but it's just really hard. And, you know, kind of going all in on this has been giving me a, a sense of purpose and passion and a couple other things that I'm, you know, finding, help, you know, my creative side. So kind of just talk about that as well. I think it's important for us to 
really pursue the things we really want to do and, and that we're passionate about before we kind of just say, ah, I'll, I'll do this. It's, it's readily available or I don't say easy, so to speak, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because you, I guess the, the biggest lesson that I learned is just starting it, just getting after it, you know, like Jake and I, I remember so vividly, like it was such a, it was such an exercise to get this thing off the ground that we almost didn't do it. And if I didn't do it, I don't know what I would have done. Like, it happened at the right time in my life where, you know, I, I, I didn't have a full-time job that was secure, um, but we started this thing and I had nothing else to do. And, mm. and it was just good timing. And, and I think like, you know, I got on the path because I was listening to podcasts on, you know, how different people started their businesses. And I was so inspired by it. And I read a ton of books and um, I just put myself in, in a mindset to, to start my own business and just kind of took a leap of faith. I guess the one thing that the rigs taught me is just to have a little bit larger threshold for risk. And I think, you know, if I could take one positive from that entire experience, I think it would be just, you know, in life, you got to, you got to, you got to risk it for the biscuit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, and you know what, it's amazing what happens when you do dive in because you know, everybody got help somewhere along the way. And it's amazing how many people come out of the woodworks to just like congratulate you on taking those steps. And, you know, how can, how can people help you? They, they just want to help. And, and, and I think like, yeah, just, just taking those initial steps and, and that, that leap of faith. And, you know, even if you fall flat in your face, you're, you're, you're going to be proud of the effort that you put in. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you said, it's hard getting things going. And then when you do it, it feels great. It's a big relief, but it's very tough. And um, that was one of the things that I said, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And if I fail, I always have the, re- you know, I'd rather have the regret saying that I tried and failed. Not that mm-hmm. that is a regret, but I'd rather have that weighing on me than I'd even try at all. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I think it's important. Um, I just want to ask, how are you feeling, you know, nowadays with everything you know looking back reflecting years back how would you say you know the progress you made overall and on a day-to-day basis um for myself personally I guess that you know being an entrepreneur it's a bit of a roller coaster sometimes um almost all the time actually and (laughs) uh and especially with COVID I feel like you know my personal, you know, health and wealth is, was really positive and, and, you know, felt like the business was on a trajectory before COVID. And then all of a sudden, you know, a pandemic hits and it's just like, you know, you feel like you're taking 10 steps back. So it's been a real grind over the last year, year and a half, like taking a bunch of L's, um, but, you know, I feel like I am at my best when I'm putting my best effort in, you know, even if I'm not getting anywhere with, you know, reaching out to different retailers uh, across the continent and trying to stock the shelves with these socks. And even if they're passing on the program, like, you know, I know that I'm putting in a good effort and I just feel like no matter what, when when you're trying and putting your best foot forward, like 
you're you're going to reap the benefits of of the attempt, but you're also going to reap the benefits of future, you know, success too. Because it, you know, any time that you're putting in the work, um, you know, you'll you'll reap the benefits. Yeah, that's a funny thing that you just said that because you know, in Dr. Peter Burson's episode, um, a few episodes back, he talks about how the high performers in sport and in life in general don't focus on outcomes. They do what you said, and that's focus on the effort. And that's such an important thing. Um, I think you can relate to this as an athlete. When you're an athlete, you focus on the goal. And, you know, for me, it was playing the NHL, playing Division One, whatever the case is, and then you forget to enjoy the process. And, yeah, maybe your effort's still there, but you forget to be maybe maybe you're slightly more diligent in, in your efforts. So I think that's a great point that you bring up. It's not about the outcome; it's about you know focusing on the journey and focusing on what you can do every day and, and putting your best foot forward and you know giving your 100 percent effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100. percent I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think that's just um, something that I think gets lost in a lot of people's journeys. I'm guilty of it, and. Um, you know, you focus so much on the end goal that we forget to kind of enjoy the ride. And yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, you, you could take this uh, pandemic as uh, an opportunity to kind of sit back, relax and reset. Or, you know, you can just get lost in the sauce. Yeah. You know, people, people are you know, drinking too much. They're, you know, so focused on, you know, the end goal that you know, not taking the time to, to grow personally. Yeah. There's something that's interesting that I wanted to ask. And you said, you know, you said prior, you didn't really struggle with mental health, you know, prior to your, the passing of your friend. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you were at a point where you were in a really, you know, tough spot. Now, would you say you're more towards, you know, before, where, you know, you didn't really struggle at all, or would you say it's still kind of, you know, getting out of that, that tough spot or, because I think a lot of people, you know, same thing, like they don't have anything and all of a sudden they get, you know, something happens and they really yeah, start like to struggle and the end, they can't seem to kind of get out of that rut. And it, you know, they're, they're out of like the really dark spot, but it's still like a lingering thing. Would you say you're more towards the, you know, the, the clear, I, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you're the older you you get, and if you're actively trying to learn these tools to help with these problems, I think you're definitely going to be in a better spot. Um, you know, being an athlete, I feel like moving is is a great first step because it's easy for athletes to move. You know, get a workout in, come back you know, address the issues, you're in a better mental state to do it. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, go out there and, and listen to, you know, the monkey mind podcast and figure out how the professionals teach. You know, I keep going back to, to the athlete cause I'm an athlete and, you know, I'm assuming your audience are athletes as well. And just, you know, learn from the pros, figure out how these uh, sports psychologists are getting the, the most out of, uh, most out of their athletes and apply it to yourself. Mm. No, couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, what's some advice that you would give someone who, you know, went through what you went through and, um, you know, something that you would have wanted to know when you were going through it all. Um, I feel like when it happened to me, I felt like I was the only person in the world going through, 
you know, when I, when I compared my situation to my peers, you know, I, everybody was out at university having a blast and I, I just couldn't help but think that I was supposed to be living this dream and I was just so lonely and, you know, just having breakdowns because I miss the guy so much. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, I think, you know, telling the next person that, you know, a lot of people go through this shit and a lot of people come out the better end of it. And, uh, you know, lean, lean on your support systems to get through it. I think that's, that's some wisdom there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. I think it's important that we utilize the people around us. I mean, it's helped me a ton. It's helped you, I'm sure. And um, it's just important to be vocal about this stuff and not let it bottle up because it gets really heavy and yeah it's shitty yeah, and sure. you're not you're not the only one you know for sure for sure not the only one um but no that's that is great advice and i think more people need to take that seriously that it's okay to you know speak up and be open about this stuff it's completely normal to be going through it yeah yeah and when you do open up you'll you'll be surprised at how receptive your friends and family will be. And, and, mm-hmm. and if they're not, then, you know, find someone who will listen to you because there's always someone who's going to listen to you. Exactly. You know, it doesn't, you know, it can be a professional. Like I've, I would advocate for seeking therapy whenever you need it, but you know, I think you'll be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just takes, for me, it was opening up about it to get kind of in the door. We're talking to my buddies. I would joke about it and then, you know, a couple of buddies would say, Hey, like you actually like deal with this stuff or like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's bad. It's been going on for a while. I know I joke about it, but like, yeah, it's definitely something that keeps me up at night. And all of a sudden we're having a conversation about it. They're opening up and, you know, we yeah. seek comfort and kind of, you know, um, relaying on these topics. And yeah, I mean like even this conversation today, like it's so nice to connect with someone from Maine because I feel like that, that, that part of my life was just, it's just so boxed up and put on the shelf and, you know, forgotten that it's, you know, I, I definitely feel a little bit of a weight off my shoulders. And I know like when, when I hang up the phone now, I'm going to be in a better headspace than when I started this conversation. So I appreciate, you know, this connection that we have here. It's pretty cool. Hopefully, uh, when the borders open up and you find yourself in Toronto, we can connect because, you know, this is pretty awesome. No, without a doubt. And that's awesome to hear. Um, that's really cool to hear. And uh, I'm happy that, you know, this was able to make a, a positive impact for you and, and your headspace and um, definitely looking forward to, to continue yeah. this in the future yeah. without a doubt. And um, you know, don't want to take up too much of your time. Just kind of one last thing, just the future, what is, what's looking like for major league socks, kind of some things on the pipeline that you're excited about, Oh man, I just, you can't talk about, but, but you give a teaser here on the, on the pod. I just, man, you know, if if you got listeners that, uh, that have got some connects in the retail world in the U S I'm all ears. Yeah. Um, you know, we're knocking on, we're knocking on some big doors right now. Samples have been sent out. Um, we're trying to expand our MLB line, which is, you know, a new exciting opportunity. Liverpool football club is like my boyhood club. So I'm super stoked to be representing yeah, them. Like that's it's unreal. crazy, that's crazy, unreal. but you know, hopefully get some bodies back in the buildings and, um, 
you know, get more deals with these NHL teams and sling a bunch of socks. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's unreal. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. I'm a Liverpool deal. That's so cool. And again, for everyone listening, we'll have the, the notes, um, we'll have the website, the Instagram, all that you can get in contact and pick up a pair of some major league socks. Yeah, boy. Right. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. Really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on and tell your story and be vulnerable and, um, you know, super excited to have everyone hear this and get this out there, but thank yeah. you. Man. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. See you buddy.